0: a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Today, I've got Sarah Jolly Jarvis. She is a sales trainer and mentor. She's also international best-selling author and founder of selling without sleaze. We are obviously going to talk about what that means today. And we're going to learn a little <laughs> bit more about her own sales transformation story. Sarah, welcome to sales transformation. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you. You?
0: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a couple. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, my workload's been a little crazy. I had to kind of shuffle some things around. It's never fun to ask people to to move meetings, but people are people are pretty nice most of the times. So... Um, but anyway, we're here to talk about you today. I recently had the pleasure of going on your podcast. Uh, you are an incredible host, so I will try to return the favor.
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you. So give us, give us the backstory here. What's your story? How'd you get into sales? And let's kind of take it from there.
1: Well, uh, I got into sales because I did a degree in business. Um, that got me a placement year, so a year out um, in industry. And I ended mm-hmm. up in a office um, supporting a sales team and looking around, sitting at my desk all day, um, kind of being present because I had to be there for a set number of hours rather than the yeah. output I did or anything else. I looked at the sales team and I thought, you get to go out of the office, you get to do stuff, you get to see people. I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, if I'm going to do this whole business thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a go at that um so it was it was the getting out i was really lucky i got to go out and um follow a few people um see what they did and i thought you know what I, it was quite a, a, a male dominated industry um mm. but i was still like you know what i think i could and this seems pretty straightforward really it's just chatting to people what's <laughs> my mm. initial thought a little bit more it than that but yeah the original
0: so basically uh, it was a little bit more exciting a little bit more appealing than just kind of sitting around in the office watching the clock go by
1: totally yeah and, and the thing <laughs> is is yeah I mean talking to people been in sales like I think I've met three people who were like that's what they always wanted to do um I've met lots of people who have kind of happened into sales um they just got some across it they're good at communicating they're, they're quite sociable fundamentally um and and that's what's got sort of got them into it as far as People in sales careers are concerned
0: anyway. Yeah. And so, and, and, and what made you stick with it?
1: Um, I was good at it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I found.
0: <laughs> Here's an honest answer. There's an honest answer.
1: <laughs> I got results. I
0: mean, um, I guess if you were terrible, you wouldn't still be doing it, right?
1: No. no. Or writing
0: books about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you really hope
0: not. But I don't you never know. know. I um, yeah. yeah, I, I, I'm I got gonna...
1: results. I got. I was really, really lucky. The first company that I got a job that I got the job with was in the pharmaceutical industry in the UK, and mm-hmm. that's very highly regulated in in the UK. You can't make loads of promises or claims. Um, when I actually go to the states, and I, I see have a like, feeling it's
0: less regulated here in, yeah, in the states. But, uh, but
1: I don't <laughs> know the me. industry. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. I was on my honeymoon, yeah. and we we're in Hawaii, and I was like, "Have you seen this advert?" <laughs>
0: I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, "Can you solve this problem? Me? Solve this one problem and gain fifteen other possible problems, but buy a product."
1: <laughs> they didn't mention that. Bit. <laughs> but they, but they, you know, they went from being really arthritic to riding a bicycle. So, um, but yeah, it was it was really it, it's really regulated in the UK, and and so we were kind of trained, and we were trained really like it was like an eight week residential training. Um, and they, they really put us through our paces and they didn't let us out until we'd passed the tests and people actually failed. Um, and, and so, yeah, it was, it was a really great foundation. It was the best training that I'd ever had, I've ever did have, um, in the industry. Um, and so that kind of got me on the, on, on sort of path. And then I was, you know, I was really fortunate I'd had that start and then, yeah, mm-hmm. I got, I got results. I enjoyed being around customers. Um, I enjoyed strangely enough because it was medical devices as well and um yeah some of the stuff that i then began to know about that i didn't even know existed and it would be the you know making of horror movies um i found really interesting um so yeah i still you know point out leg ulcers in supermarkets to this day which my husband finds pretty disgusting um but um but yeah <laughs> really um, i really got into my job i loved it and, and that, I, I don't think you can I couldn't sell something that I wasn't really passionate about and I I proper got into it, which is yeah, very random.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could, but you probably wouldn't be great at it. Right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that sell stuff that they don't love and they got to really dig deep to, to find some passion. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's great when you can find something that you're selling that you are passionate about because it's just, it's a lot easier. It doesn't necessarily feel like work and you can really enjoy it.
1: I think the thing is, is, you know, then like I, I was really clear that this can help you and like, it can't help everybody, but it can help yeah. this, this sort of per this type of person. And so when you have that confidence that actually I can really help you, um, God, you know, that, that puts you in a position where, you know, you're not feeling like you're badgering someone you're feeling like, it's like, it's your, your, your calling, your need to go out there and, and share with them and, Make them see, help them see how you can help and at least encourage them to give you a try.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're passionate in what you do or the problem you solve or you really believe in the product, it's much easier to pitch with conviction. Like, you know, it it shows through like, oh, you know, they they really believe this is the best option for me or, you know, they're going to trust that you genuinely can solve that problem and you're the best option rather than just if you're not or you don't fully believe in it you can kind of tell um in 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 through your tone through your body language through lack of eye contact all of these things that are sort of tells of like
1: "Eh, i'm not sure if they're totally
0: confident that this is the best option for me
1: (laughs) so if you're not sure i'm not sure and i think that's the thing is is you know i've I've always I've, i've you know, I have had products that I haven't been totally convinced about. I've been really fortunate. They've been part of a portfolio where you can focus on other bits or you can, you know, mm-hmm. you can get people to try it for you and, and give and give their feedback. Um, but, yeah, I've always encouraged people to be like, you know, if your heart isn't in, in what you're selling, then, you know, look and try and find something that your heart is in. Um, or, you know, look at how you can inject that passion into what you are doing. Um, you know, we all have roles and, you know, feeling like you've, you've kind of lost your oomph and it's getting that oomph back so that you can you can be in front of that customer and, and show that passion and show that energy
0: right right now i'm um, i'm super curious this is the the big question that i've been waiting to ask you <laughs> and we did and we did no preparation so
1: we we didn't and now i'm like it what goes.
0: <laughs> so you, the 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 work that you do I find extremely interesting selling without sleaze like I think it just really like hits home and and resonates for a lot of people right mm-hmm. um I'm curious what got you so passionate about that work or 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 that title right uh did you have an experience that sort of led up to kind of dedicating yourself to that work
1: um <laughs> I, I I had a bit of a shock. Um, I think <laughs> I, I'd been um, so I'd been in quite reasonably regulated industries. I I'd, I'd touched on mm-hmm. elements of sales, which were less regulated, yeah. and my husband was in the online world doing marketing, and uh, I was on I was on maternity leave, and that's when I really began to kind of be aware, partly because maternity leave is not mentally that stimulating, um, and I began to sort of be aware of what what sort of job he did and what industry he was in. And I mm-hmm. could not believe it. It was like a crazy free for all of claims, and I was just like, "Yeah, you know, which I, is I more thought, of the
0: norm." Which is more of the norm, right? In
1: yeah, yeah, the
0: yeah. vast majority of non-regulated industries.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. But I think the online business world, and, and you've got the business gurus. You know, people can be whatever yeah. they want online, and people know that. Well, you know, people are le- beginning. You know, they are learning that more and more, and so you've got this these claims and it was so unsubstantiated and I was like what on earth um Mm. and it was very I was just really aware of well isn't you know how are they getting away with this like how how can they do this how can people feel like that and then being aware of and, and and kind of getting in touch with people who are you know, we, we had startup businesses um, who were equally startup businesses and people who were really good at what they do. But what they do wasn't the sales and marketing. Um, mm-hmm. And you could see you could see competition and, and you could see people getting frustrated and talking to people. They were frustrated over that person has better marketing than me. They don't have a better product than me. They don't have anything else, but they're just putting themselves out there. They just look better. Um, And it's that frustration of, well, I want to do that. Why aren't people seeing how great what I do is? And it's like because you're not marketing yourself. You're not putting yourself out there and doing the selling. And they're like, well, I don't want to do the selling. They were reluctant to sell. People are reluctant to sell because they don't want to be that person. And the thing is, is when the, the, you know, not everybody as far as sales trainers, but a lot of the sales trainers that I was coming across at the time, were very much around, backing people into a corner, you know, getting people to run to the back of the room, getting you to stand up and kind of shaming people into buying, um which obviously was really impressive from you know it at the event, and they got. We should be, we should event. be
0: shaming those trainers.
1: I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, but you know, and people that people were saying to me, "I can't do that. I don't want to do that." And I was like, "I don't, I don't yeah. want you to do that. You don't have to do that." And. And it came from that. And, and I started using sleazy tactics and referring to tactics of, you know, false scarcity and the, the pushing people and then making people feel yeah. like, you know, then that's something wrong with them because they're not doing what you, you, want see, them to you do.
0: particularly see a lot of those tactics come out end of month, end of quarter, <laughs> right. Yeah. Where yeah. there's just, and it, and it comes down from the top, right? Like, yeah, you know, l- 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 it's not a lot of times it's not the seller's faults. It's, it's, it's the leaders that are teaching these techniques, these habits, these, these things, um, that you refer to as sleaze, right. Uh, to just get the deal done and treating people very transactionally, uh, and giving, you know, sales people in general, just a bad reputation. Um, I saw something, I saw I saw a post. I think it was yesterday. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was today. That said something like sixty-seven percent of stats that you see uh, are 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 made up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how accurate I it like was. the irony of uh, the, it
1: being a stat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know.
0: It, <laughs> so, it said, oh, so it said something like sixty percent of all statistics are made up. And the number jumps to 86% when it's posted on LinkedIn. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know where this individual uh, came up with these numbers. And and of course, my comment was, um, and, and I'm sure this stat falls into that category.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah. Well, yeah my um, but part of me
0: is like, kind of believes it. You know, it I, I've seen a lot of people make a lot of claims about things that I just... I know for a fact are not true. Um, and 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 I even was kind of victim to this in my own sales journey start, start when I first got started. Like, you know, I was told, here's your script. Here's your list of names. Here's a phone. And like, that was, you know, that was my train That was my formal training. <laughs> and <laughs> so that, that didn't take and, eight
1: weeks then, no? <laughs>
0: no it took about it took about 8 seconds and then and then and then it was like hey and if you want to get better like you know just go listen listen in on some of the other top perform mm. you know the top performers here um and so i did and i started saying some of the things over the phone cuz i was just making a lot of calls every day yeah. that these other individuals were saying and then one of the more tenured people came over and he's like, You, you and, and I started putting some numbers on the board and I was feeling pretty good. And, and, uh, and, and he came over and he said, You shouldn't be saying that. And I'm like, Why? And he's like, Well, for fir- first of all, it's not true. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, but, you know, so and so is saying it on every call. I'm like, He's like, Yeah, but it's not true. <laughs> and uh, it's like, Oh, but I'm getting sales. I don't understand, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I think a lot of people uh, just do what people are doing that do yeah. what the people before them are doing, not even knowing mm. if it's true or not, or, you know, um and, 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 and I think that that's, that's a big problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it, it creates the culture, doesn't it? And that's the thing then, and then to go against that culture, it's, it, it's yeah you know, like if, you, if you're you at the bottom of the leaderboard, but you're going, well, you know, but I'm not lying. <laughs> like all my, all my things are fact. And it's like, well, you're underperforming, mate. Um, You know, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tricky situation to be in. And, and you know, as you said before with the, it, it comes to the end of the month and stuff like that. And, you know, they're pushing for those figures and, you know, it's out of desperation. People, it's just, you know, desperate situations is desperate measures. Um, But I think, you know, that's, it, it's building up in the longer term, your, your customer base, your relationships and protecting those over. And, and that's what I ended up having to do with some of the, the, the roles that I had was first and foremost, it was my relationship with my customer and I would just deal mm-hmm. with what happened um, as far yeah. as sort of management conversations were concerned.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so a lot of, I know that a lot of the work that you do is kind of coaching and mentoring people to sort of, you know, put the people first Play, sort of mm-hmm. play the long game and, and invest in the relationship, right?
1: Yeah, 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 totally. I think you know the the kind of get in there quick, make a few bucks, and and, and leave without fulfilling, you know, your your kind of end of the bargain is yeah, it it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I am I am encouraging the long game. I do encourage the long game with clients. I think you know, obviously, the referrals. You can when you look at the long game, it makes a lot of sense. But in that moment of desperation you know, a place of desperation is not a great place to be making sales from.
0: No. To be making sales conversations or anything else. And and it really starts from the very beginning of the sales process because so many people go into their prospecting activities thinking like the goal is to set a meeting or the goal is to sell them this thing. And like, you don't even have enough information yet to know if that's a possibility. Like the goal is to just have as many conversations with as many of the, what seems to be like the right people to find out if it makes yeah, sense to makes sense. set a meeting or to sell them a particular thing. Uh, and, 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 you know, what I like to tell the people that I work with is, you know, the the goal is to always deliver a good experience regardless yeah. of the outcome, you know. And I think that's the um, thing the, is, is
1: sometimes you, you go, as soon as that money is, that transaction's happened, that people their eye goes off the ball and i know that even that used to happen with me when yeah. i was in sales where everyone would turn up for the launch of a of a new formula where we were you know up there and they were using us across the board and then when the hard work came of actually implementation supporting that use no one was there anywhere to be seen um because they were like oh yeah you know we've got the headlines job done and it's actually when that transaction heart start It's when your job actually, you know, as, a, as an organization starts, you've got to fulfill what that person's just paid for. Um, and so, yeah, you, I, it's like dating, sales is like dating. Um, there's so many, yeah. <laughs> so many similarities. And even down to the getting to know them and them getting to know you. And it's like, actually, if that person is a difficult person to sell to and you don't form a decent relationship with them during the sales phase, do you want them as a client going forwards? um particularly if you've got to work with them one on one um you know do do you want that when when you haven't gelled to start with um they end up being in a lot of cases the most problematic of clients um where you' yeah. better off you know letting them find somebody who's better suited to them
0: right, right, yeah, and we all know we all know the clients that we end up working with that we know we probably shouldn't have right I mean, there's no amount of money that ends up being worth it. <laughs> um, sometimes it takes it takes an extra as a seller it takes an extreme amount of discipline and confidence yeah. and and just respect for yourself yeah. to not to not book a deal that you know yeah. you shouldn't right and that could be for a, that could be for a number of different reasons. Maybe you really know you're not the best fit, or you can solve like 80, 90% of the problem that they have. Or you've oversold a feature that's not ready. Or I mean there's a number of reasons, right? That that that, that somebody might not be the right fit. Um, or you just know it's just a client that you just know is going to be challenging. To work with, we we'll just. Leave and the it thing at that. is, if
1: they're taking up the time that two clients would take, you're better off letting that one go and get the two clients to take that yeah. place. You know, you could be doubling your revenue um, with that with the time you're going to spend on that person. Um, I suppose I, I had a, I, a call with a client the other day, and obviously, I work a lot with people who own their own business. Um, and you know, we'd had financial figures in place that she was going to hit, and she's smashed those, and she's really happy with that. But she said to me the other day on the call, she was like, I've actually turned somebody down because I told them that I wasn't I wasn't uh, happy that mm-hmm. they were going to be committed enough. And um and I was like, I really do feel like now, actually, that's where you've made that you're in a comfortable position with your business because you're not chasing right. that sale. You're not taking that person on when you know they're not right for you. You're confident enough in your pipeline that you can think, you know what, other clients are going to come along. You know, you're confident enough to be like, actually, no, this isn't right. Whereas historically, she'd have taken on anybody just because she wanted that money coming in. Um, and so yeah, it was it was a really nice sort of moment to kind of think, you know, what well, actually, you're in, you're in a solid position with your business now.
0: Right, right, yeah, and and you know, I think that that's a huge. Um, indicator of growth, right? Like where yeah. you can actually turn business away. And there's a lot yeah. of people be like, "What the heck are you talking about? Why would you turn <laughs> business away?" Like these, these two are nuts. They probably, you know, stop listening <laughs> to the podcast right now. But, <laughs> but just if if you haven't left yet, you know, um, <laughs> stick with us here. Stick with us here, and we'll we'll try to work through this and explain it. But it it, it it really... The interesting thing is, is people end up wanting to work with you more if yeah. you say no. And sometimes that could be a possibility, right? Because it, 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 in that scenario that you explained there, Sarah, like where you said, you know, the the your client told the prospect like, hey, I don't think we're a good fit because I just don't think you're going to be committed enough. Mm. Maybe that set a new precedent for the relationship like hey no i am committed like what do you need like that's going to change yeah. the whole dynamic of the yeah. relationship to maybe put it into a better place where making we're working together actually does make sense yeah. and then but that's that's a possible outcome Another possible outcome is they're like, hey, you know, F you. I don't want to work with you anyway. <laughs> you know? um, but and, and then you saved yourself a lot of hassle and trouble yeah. because that side of them would have came out, you know, in month one, two or three of working together. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing. Like, if, if, if you want to get to that place, like it takes you can increase your prices, you know, yeah. don't be so quick to discount. Like people, you know, when you're desperate and you discount to get a deal, that really sets the precedent of the relationship mm-hmm. with that client. Like, oh, they need me more than, more than I need than them. them. And yeah. there's a huge lack of respect for what you do. And there's a huge disconnect in them valuing what you do.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is, you know, from a relationship point of view, the idea is, is that you have a solution to, you know, a problem or something that they want, something that they want or they need. Um, if you, as you say, if that, if there's that disconnect and, and you need them more than they need you, then, you know, it, it, it does set that relationship off. It's like, you know, in dating, it's like doing all the chasing and that person, you know, yeah. if not, well, if I've got nothing else to do on a Saturday night, I'll go out with you. Yeah. but. And and that's the sort of relationship you're building with that customer is one where they're like, well, you know, they clearly haven't got anyone else. So they're they're desperate to to get me. So they're offering this or they're offering that in response. And so you're discounting, definite no, no. I think with that, with the client where she was like, yeah, you know, you're not, we're after results. You know, that's the thing is, is yes, she wants the revenue, but she only has a finite amount of, of slots where she can work with people. If she's got somebody in there who's going to take up more time, they're going to mm-hmm. be, be more difficult and they're not going to get the results. She can't then use that. You can't use that as an example for testimonials, for you know, social proof going forwards that I get these results because you, know, you can't say if you take on a client that you know is going to fail, um, then that's going to affect your 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 success rate as far as, as, as the yeah. clients that you've got concerned. And that's where, you know, you're in a position where actually what are you wanting to protect here? Um, and and yeah, you know, it, it does alter the relationship. And for some people, it can be a real shock. Um, and you can get that person coming back to you being like, you know, well, please work with me. What does it take? You know, as you were saying, Colin. So it, it's always worth bearing yeah. in mind. The sale has to be right for both of you. Um, right. And I think
0: so many sellers are quick to not respect themselves enough where they are mm-hmm. quick to discount just to get the deal. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not opposed. To, I'm not like one of those righteous, like never discount and like, here's how you negotiate sort of hard line. Like sometimes it makes sense to discount, but there's got to be a, a give take relationship. Yeah. Like here's an example. Like I have discounted in the past. And and, and, and you know, I will do it if if it's somebody that I feel like, hey, you know, we can really help them. I think I'd really enjoy working with them. Um, but maybe they just don't quite have the budget, you know? And, and I feel like they're being genuine about that. But I'll say like, hey, you know, I'll go ahead and discount this for you or we'll reduce the scope to kind of meet you where you're at, mm-hmm. right? But here's what I need in return. Like, yeah. I'm not going to, you know... I'm not gonna put my foot on the back of your neck but like I need two to three referrals within the first you know 90 days of working together do you think you could do that sure I can do that great then I can meet you you know meet you where your budget is and let's do this yeah. um, that's a great way to properly discount in my opinion
1: and I love that I, I really love it. at the end of the day it's an exchange of resources so if that person doesn't yeah. have the financial resources they've got to meet you with something else so you know you could get. Feedback, recommendations, testimonials, written, verbal. You might they might be that person as a point of reference. Shaving back is another great way of doing it. It's just okay. Well, you know, I'm here with this with this service, and you're there with this budget. So what we can do is is I'm gonna you know take this off, and I can take this off, and we can work on a on a on a reduced service for you at that price. And 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 that's where I'm way more comfortable. If that person doesn't have any resources to offer. Um, above and beyond finances, then it's about shaving back the scope of what you're going to do um, in order to to come to that point. Um, you, my, from my point of view, you you really want to protect um, the the you know your pricing as much as you can. Um, it's a it's a reflection on the value that you provide to that person, um, even if it's delayed payment. Um, you know, <laughs> as a sales trainer, the most needy people that are out there. For working with me or people who i could make a massive it's the irony isn't you know it's something i come across all the time um i can help the most of the people that they need me the most but they have the least amount of money um mm. but if you look at that's when going you know what most people get a result with the next amount of time um comes into play and you're in a position where you can say well you should earn it back if you actually if we do if you do the work if you're not prepared to do the work this probably isn't a great idea anyway
0: yeah. Yeah. No, right. I, I, I totally agree. And it, it just, there is a proper way to discount. And this is, this is, this is highly dependent on if you feel like, let's just say it, they're not going to be a pain in the ass client <laughs> and they are a good fit. You're a good fit for them. You know, it, it seems like the right type of relationship, the ideal client, Um, meeting them where they are or crafting a customized offer um, does make sense. But, but what doesn't make sense is, hey, it's end of month, it's end of quarter. Hey, I just got approval from my manager. If you can sign in the next 32 seconds, I can give you 20% <laughs> off. That is not the right way to discount because it's going to set the relationship up for failure. Because they're like, hey, they need this deal way more than I need their solution. And I could probably ask for even more. And I could probably just you know run right over them with any request that I need.
1: Or you've got the right thing that, you know, people are like, under the, you know, under that pressure, they decide to commit to something that otherwise they wouldn't have done, and then they're going to get buyer's remorse, and then they're going to start off that relationship with you, already feeling like you made them do yeah. something they didn't want to do, um, which, again, is not going to create this nice relationship that you want to work in. Um, and, and you should, you know, which was saying with the, are they going to be an enjoyable person to work with? That is an exchange of resources. Like, actually, how much would you pay to work with somebody who you enjoy working with versus somebody you wouldn't? Um, And and, And, yeah, that's what you want to take into consideration.
0: And and let's just look at it from a little bit of a different lens, too. Right. So let's say, you know, maybe you have a customer success team and you don't have to deal with the person as much in post sale. (laughs) Right. And so you're like, eh. I don't really care if I enjoy this person. I'm just trying to get on the board and hit President's Club, right? Yeah. Then, um, you know, winning a deal that churns in two, three, or six months, that's not a win, okay? Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, your reputation as a seller matters. Mm -hmm. And if you're just jamming deals down the pipeline, that, you know, that word gets out. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, whatever, you know people you're dealing with whether you're selling into the C suite or you know maybe you're selling to you know technology you know CTOs and CIOs whatever the case is like word travels and like your reputation matters and you know you want to build people that want to refer business yeah. to you and you're losing and missing out big time if you're just you know driving over people and and you know leaving wrecks behind you
1: yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think in sales, your reputation is 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 your is one of your currencies. You know, as far as customers are concerned, as far as business is concerned, particularly if you're in quite a niche area, um, it, it, it follows you. Um, and that's you know, that's why my focus was always on my customer relationships, because my customers did follow me. If I moved to a different company, if I moved to a competitor, they would move with me. Um you know, as long as it wasn't a terrible alternative, people buy from people, um, you know, the products they were buying were very similar. So it came down to that experience. Um, and that's why people within the industry would pay more for you, because they knew that that customer base would come with you. Um, and that's what what you're getting. So, you know, equally, if you, they know that, you know, the clients that you bring on churn or the total pains um, all the time, consistently. Then that's going to be something that will follow you, um, and and you know then you're not going to have that customer base to go with you either.
0: Yep, and you're going to hit a ceiling, and you'll never yeah. you'll never understand why you can't get past it. Sarah, thanks so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Uh, any final thoughts? What links are we going to include in the show notes for people so they can get into your world if they want to?
1: Um, I literally am the only Sarah Jolly Jarvis in the world. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is- which is pretty cool. Um, I know. Yeah. So if you, you go onto Facebook, you got any, any of the platforms, Sarah Charlie Jarvis, um, L -L E Y Jarvis. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we're unique. So it's quite easy to find me. Um, I'm normally around on Facebook is my sort of main channel. Um, I've obviously got my own podcast. Um, and again, standing without sleeves is pretty unique as well. (laughs) So <laughs> stick both yes Sunny Without please and, and Sarah Jolly Jarvis into search engines and you, you've got me. Um, but yeah, SunnyWithoutSleeves.com is, is the website.
0: There you go. And if you enjoyed today's episode, which if you stuck around this far, I'm sure you did, uh, please, please write us a review, share the show yes, with your yeah. friends. It really does help us out. And as always, we are listening for your feedback.